It's Jeff Diamond Week. I mean, every week is kind of Jeff Diamond Week, but if there's ever been a real Jeff Diamond Week, this is it. His two franchises practicing together on the same field two days and then playing a preseason game together. Uh, Jeff, tell me uh, which team you're pulling for and why it's the Titans. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, I guess I've, I've still got purple blood running deeper from 23, I know you do. 23 years with the Vikings versus five years with the Titans. But it was actually fun to see some of my old friends from Tennessee up here. Uh, there aren't a lot of people still working for the team from when I was there, but there were there were a few and it was, it was good to see some of those guys. And and I, I think for the for the two teams, the joint practices went very well, and, and they got good work in with, with two quality teams, even though Tennessee struggled last year down the stretch and lost their last seven games. But that, that was when their quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, was hurt. And the second quarterback, uh, Malik Willis, was, was a rookie and really struggled. Uh, Tannehill looked good this week, and, and the Titans uh, looked like a solid team to contend in the AFC South with Jacksonville and and probably not Houston or Indianapolis this year with rookie quarterbacks. But but I think from the Vikings' standpoint, they got good work. And, uh, Kevin O'Connell was was happy with, with the the practices, and, and he and Mike Vrabel, the Titans coach, are our former teammates. So uh, so they certainly have a good rapport and, and got it working together. It was, it was interesting today, Jim. It was fun to see you out there. And as, as you and I both observed, it got a little feisty at times. And a little chippy, uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Simmons, the all-pro defensive tackle for Tennessee, certainly tried to amp up the, the hostility in the practice, shall we say. And, and then there, was, there were a couple of, of hard hits that were are not real, necessarily supposed to take place in joint practices when you're not supposed to tackle players to the ground. But there were some, some hard shots. Uh, including, unfortunately, for uh, Caleb Evans, the Vikings starting corner, who took friendly fire from Josh Metellus on one play. And yes. so it, it, it was very physical today. But I think from the Vikings' standpoint, they got the kind of work that they wanted, and they got much better performance out of their first offense, especially in the two-minute drill today. He's Jeff Diamond, former president of the Tennessee Titans when they came about a foot away from winning a Super Bowl, former general manager of the Minnesota Vikings when they came oh so close to going to a Super Bowl, a longtime Vikings employee. Before that, I was teasing about the Titans because I know how deep his roots of the Vikings run. He started his, his career with Vikings, worked his way all, all the way up to general manager, almost got to that Super Bowl, and now he's back in Minnesota doing all kinds of media stuff, uh, working with an agency. So he knows whereof he speaks. He's uh, really been nailing it when it comes to contract negotiations, where things would end up with certain players, how much Dalvin Cook would get. And we're going to get into this week. This is the rare week when I think talking about practices actually is worth doing uh, because we saw a lot of interesting stuff out there. Let's start with this. Caleb Evans, uh, this team is light on defensive backs, especially at corner. Caleb Evans has been one of their better cornerbacks. And he makes a nice play in the end zone. And then Josh Metellus obviously unintentionally comes by and hits him in the head with his shoulder. And Kevin O'Connell comes over and takes a Caleb Evans out of the practice. Evans does have a history of concussions. How concerned are you? Well, I think you have to be concerned. And it was interesting in the offseason that a Caleb was talking about how he was changing his tackling technique to go to more of the rugby style tackling that Pete Carroll advocates out in Seattle and that the NFL is trying to push to keep your head out of the, out of the play. 
But on a, on a bam, bang, bang play like that in the end zone, when his own guy hits him, there's nothing you can do to protect yourself, really. And so I, I guess the hope is that he came out of that okay, but it was it was quite a hard hit, as we both saw it at that moment. So we'll have to see how that one plays out. And they've already got Jordan Addison in concussion protocol from making a catch in, in a practice session not with the Titans, but earlier in the week, and, and he banged his head on the turf. And, and so he is, is in, in the protocol. O'Connell hopes he comes back next week, but they don't want to lose him for very long either because he, he needs all the reps he can get as a rookie uh, in training camp and in practice sessions and even a little bit of playtime in preseason games. So they need Jordan Addison back quickly. They need Caleb Evans back quickly. We'll see what happens with some of these other guys that have been nicked, such as uh, starting linebacker Brian Asamoah has not been out all week and, and really for a while. He's missed time. Uh, Kane Wong Wu has, has missed time. So meanwhile, you've got guys like Brian O'Neill working their way back. And, and Daniil Hunter, has really he looked great these last two days. He was in, he was in Ryan Tannehill's face all day today and yesterday in, in two-minute drills and team drills. Uh, he was really kind of eating the, the Titans' offensive lineup. And, and so he looks ready to roll for, for a great regular season, which, which is good news for Brian Flores. And, and by the way, it's, it's, it's really fun, Jim, to watch Brian Flores' defense and, and all the jumping around they're doing and, and the blitzing from different guys, corners, safeties, linebackers, and... I did. I did think that they acquitted themselves well. The Vikings' defense over the last couple of days with the Titans, and especially the run defense against Derrick Henry. Now we know Derrick Henry's not going to run full blast in a, in a joint practice, but I, I thought they stacked them up pretty good inside, and, and guys like Dean Lowry and Harrison Phillips. So that's a good sign too for the Vikings' run defense. And uh, but again, the key is going to be these corners, and that's why. Caleb Evans is really an important guy, but I like what I see from Byron Murphy so far, if they can keep him healthy and, and even kind of our, our punching bag, Andrew Booth, who had a dreadful rookie season was hurt and, and hurt early in camp. He camped with an interception today at, towards the end of practice. So maybe he's going to start making a move now, which has to be their hope because they haven't gotten much out of Lewis seeing the first round pick last year. And, We'll see how he can can come on also, but it's pretty apparent he's not going to be a starter this year. Right. Let's talk about both backfields. I think they're both really interesting right now. By the way, this is Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. He's Jeff Diamond. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. Brandon Morton is our producer, as he has been for so long. And we also have our longtime sponsor, We'd like to thank White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. We have a good companion show to this, uh, myself and John Krasinski on the Viking Update show, offering the veteran writer view of the team. Uh, this one, it, this show is about Jeff's insights and experience. We do appreciate you listening. Check out talknorth.com and just subscribe to any show you happen to like. So let's, let's go to running backs. We'll come back to the defensive backfield. I think it's really interesting – way things are going here. They talked, they brought in Kareem Hunt, they brought in Mike Davis. They just picked up a, a running back, an undrafted free agent off of off, uh, waivers, I believe. Uh, Wongwu has not been on the field much. 
Ty Chandler showed up pretty well in the first preseason game. They're protecting Alex Alexander Madison. I, I said this to Krasinski earlier in the week. I feel like the national media is reading into the situation. Oh, they don't like Madison, so looking for help. I don't think that's the case at all. I think they like Madison. They think Chandler can be a, a decent backup. I think they're worried about Longwo's injury, his adaptability to being a real running back rather than just a kind of a, a scat back return guy. And I don't think they like the depth beyond him either. Yeah, I think that's true. And and Dwayne McBride, the seventh round pick who came in with some accolades that he should have been a fourth round pick. Well, he hasn't really shown that much so far no. in camp and we'll, he'll get a lot of action in these last two preseason games to try to make a move. But I do think Ty Chandler is a is a quality player, and I really like he, he's got the quick feet. He makes defenders miss. We saw that in the Seattle preseason game. We saw that last year in preseason. They've also got to keep him healthy. He only played a, a handful of games last year after he broke his thumb. So I think they're they are concerned about depth. And and Madison has had a few nicks over yep. his career and has missed some time with, with some minor injuries. So, yeah, I, I think the running back situation, that's why they're, they're looking at these players. Uh, I, I certainly agree with you. I, I hope it's not Kareem Hunt that they sign. I hope it's somebody else because yeah. I, I, I'm not, a, not an advocate for any, any player that has domestic violence on their resume as, as Hunt does. But, yeah, I, I think that's true with, with the running back situation. That they are looking for depth and looking for help, and but I but I do think their first two, if they can stay healthy, and Madison and Chandler are very good players. Yeah, I agree with you. Now let's go back to the defensive backs. As you said, Booth had a good day. We're talking here on Thursday afternoon after the second joint practice. Booth had a good day day to day. A good pass up pass breakup over the middle in practice. Uh, an interception near the end zone, and then he fired the ball over the Titans bench, which was funny. He said, yeah, afterward he said, I wouldn't do that again, but I was a little fired up. Uh, I think it's fun <laughs> to see that kind of stuff in these settings. Uh, Lewis seen, I just have not seen making any plays. No, he, he, he has not. And, and so, the, so he, he's got to be a concern on, on how he's developing. And you, you certainly don't want your first-round pick to wind up being a special teams guy, which is what he is right now. And he's clearly behind, obviously, Harrison Smith and Cam Bynum as the starters on defense. And even Josh Metellus has moved ahead of him as a, as a third safety that will be used in some packages. But, but seen as an athlete, I, I just think he, he doesn't look real comfortable out there. Like he can fly around, which is what his he was in college at Georgia. He was that kind of player. So. Sometimes it takes guys a little longer, and, and really last year well, it was kind of a lost season since he got hurt, had that gruesome broken leg in week four. We'll see how, how he develops, but I don't think it's going to be a, in a starting role, at least initially this year, and, and so we'll see how that, certainly how that plays out. The other worry here is that, you know, Quasi trying to be, I think, unconventional in his first draft, traded down away from Kyle Hamilton, takes scene later. And Kyle Hamilton looks like a really good player. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, you pick up extra picks, but again, I, I never like to mess around with those first round picks. If, if there's a guy that, that you know is really a quality player and and you're trying to pick up extra picks, yeah, I, I, I get it from a certain perspective. But as I said, I, I would rather keep my first rounders and kind of maneuver in the later rounds 
and, and just make sure you get a quality player, especially when they were at the at number fourteen in the first round. So, again, we'll we'll see how that develops. Um, I think another thing that was interesting today, Jim, and and yesterday, as we saw in the two, they did a lot of two minute work um, in the Wednesday practice, and Kirk Cousins throws an interception on his second play, trying to get a, a ball out to Osborne, and it was a real windy day, which it also was today. But but they looked a lot better that first offense in the fir- in the two minute drill today, and when when bam bam down the field. Uh, one pass to Jefferson, three times to Osborne and a touchdown. So that I'm sure was encouraging for O'Connell after after yesterday and encouraging for Cousins, who uh, was not happy with how that turned out yesterday in the two-minute drill. And, and, the, and the defense, I think, held up okay in two minutes. They held, uh, they held Tennessee yesterday to no, no scores, and today the Titans got a touchdown on a drive, but it looked like on that play, Daniil Hunter would have sacked Ryan Tannehill, if he if he was allowed to finish sacking him, which you're not allowed to do in joint practices, so I think the defense did did pretty well. Another guy who has kind of jumped out a little bit, I think, is Brandon Powell, um, and I think it's really yeah. interesting the competition for those latter receiver spots after the top three guys or so, with with certainly Jefferson, Osborne, and Addison. Jalen Naylor has been hurt, which I think has created more opportunity for Powell and for Jalen Rager, uh, even though Naylor they like, but we don't know the extent of his injury. But Powell is a guy that, that they signed from the Rams, play, play, played under O'Connell there as a punt returner and as, as a receiver, had 24 catches last year for the Rams. And I like his chances to make it as, as, a, as the punt returner and kind of a quick receiver. We saw him effective in running some some slants out of the slot today and so he, he's a guy that i think has a good chance to make because he's only making a million bucks yep which, which is nice but jalen rager's making 2.4 this year yep if those guys are about equal and the vikings need to free up some room when you go off of the top 51 players that count now as you and i have often talked about the salary cap they still need more room and and they also don't want to get Justin Jefferson signed and extended, and that's going to cost a, a little bit more money. So if you can pick up $1.4 bucks with Brandon Powell instead of Jalen Rager and you're getting the same kind of player, more or less, even though Rager was a first-round pick, but we haven't really seen that, and neither did Philadelphia, I think Powell's got a really good chance to make this team. I agree with you completely. Uh, let's get into Hawkinson, some more Viking stuff, and some league stuff with Jeff. But first, let's thank our longtime sponsor, White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always excited to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore Buick GMC with my longtime friend, owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Guttrell, their fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super-friendly premium team. Check out their great website, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com. You will see the summer sales event, $2,250 total savings and 1.9% APR on 2023 Buick Encore GXs, $1,000 dealer discount, $750 rebate, and a 2.49% APR offer on 2023 Buick Envisions, and $1,500 dealer discount and $3,250 trade assistance and bonus cash with a 0.9% APR offer on 2023 GMC Sierra Crew Cab 1500s. 
The White Bear Elite Superstore also is the Quigley 4x4 van superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. So visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. So TJ Hawkinson is not practicing because of an ear infection. Uh, do you have, is your radar up? Do you think this has anything to do with his contract? Or do you think he just has an ear infection? I I kind of trust TJ. Okay. It, it, it's just an ear infection and, and not necessarily a contract ploy, shall we say. Even though there are players around the league, such as Nick Bosa of the 49ers and Chris Jones of the Chiefs, that are actually holding out, which is crazy on their part, rather than doing the hold in that Daniil Hunter did until he signed his one-year deal. Hawkinson, it's kind of a hold-in, but I don't think it's necessarily intentional. <laughs> uh, he, he's still going to make $9 bucks this year, which is for the tight end market, which is undervalued, just like the running backs, basically. It, it's a pretty good sum, and he's got a, a potential free agency ahead. So I, I don't think that TJ is, is, is doing – the hold-in ploy, so to speak, and claiming an ear infection. I, I don't think that's his style, no. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, I wouldn't really necessarily blame him, but it's good to hear. Uh, it, it is interesting to see that I do think they want to sign him long-term, but they got to get the Jefferson deal done, and it ain't getting done. Now, Jefferson uh, is holding press conferences, and he's been diplomatic, and he's. He, I saw him with a bunch of kids uh, after practice day teaching them the gritty. He does not look like a man who's worried about his contract. He looks – Loose. He's one of the friendliest superstars in the league. Yeah, he definitely is. And I think Justin gets it. He understands what being a superstar is all about and and having that, that fan appeal that he's got. And so, I, I yeah, he definitely gets it. And uh, I'm a little surprised that he's doing everything, and especially in these joint practices where there's – not supposed to be contact, but there is. And he took a couple shots, just like all the players do. So I think, like you said, he's just he's a loose guy, and he's just thinking, hey, I know I'm going to get paid. I know I'm, I've already got $19 million guaranteed next year on my fifth-year option. So, But he's only supposed to make four-something four this year, and <clears throat> he's a $30 million-a-year player. So I'm a little surprised he's doing everything in camp. But I think he's got the confidence to think that it's okay, and they're probably far enough in the, along in the negotiation that he, as you said, he's not too worried about it. And, yes. and perhaps he's and perhaps he's got a little piece of paper from the Vikings guaranteeing him the offer on the table. That could happen. I used to do that with draft choices to get him into mini camp and and not necessarily into training camp, but at least to get him on the field during rookie camp and mini camp. I would give them a letter saying, I'm going to guarantee you in the event of, of a, a serious injury, the slot that the guy made last year at your position. So there could be some of that going on. I don't know that, but it, it could be something that's happening in order to appease him and get him on the field. But knowing Justin, he, he's probably not even concerned about it. No, probably not. Um, let's, let's do something a little different now. Uh, this is a week where you're, watching in person the two teams that you ran. Uh, do you have a favorite memory or a favorite colleague from each franchise? Well, I, I think certainly with, with the Vikings, I, I go back to 
to my my earliest years, even though the '98 season was was phenomenal when we went 15 and one. But my my favorite memories are how close a staff we had back in in the in the old days with with the first my first Super Bowl team, my first season we went to the Super Bowl, which was the last Viking Super Bowl, which was a long time ago. <laughs> we know that, but just in, in those days. There were there were seven people on the coaching staff led by Bud Grant, of course, and today the coaches there's what twenty some coaches and assistant offensive line, assistant defensive line, all kinds of uh, people on that coaching staff and in the front office. I think they've got probably twenty to thirty people in marketing. I think we had two back in the day, so the, our staff was so close in those years, and 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 we used to take staff trips when Mike Quinn was the GM. Uh, take these take these great trips. I think until the IRS disallowed them. <laughs> so, but but those were fun years. Those are my favorite memories uh, of, of the early years with the Vikings, and and in in my Titan years, certainly the 1999 season, our Super Bowl year, was such a phenomenal year, and and great memories of of working with Floyd Reese as the GM and Jeff Fisher as as the head coach and and that particular team and. And I remember that training camp in Nashville, Jim, it was over a hundred degrees so many of the days <laughs> and we were actually in Nashville, but I was really excited to be able to, to have training camp in, in our home city after going to Mankato, nothing against Mankato now, but after 23 years driving down to Mankato, I, I was happy to have training camp at my home facility. And then of course, having that great year going to the Super Bowl, that was very unexpected and especially after we we go one and three in preseason, and Steve McNair, our starting quarterback, has a back injury in the opening game, and he's going to be out for five weeks. And somehow Neil O'Donnell came in, and we weathered the storm, and ended up thirteen and three. Had the Music City Miracle, went over Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So th- those were great memories. And, and uh, as I say said, it was fun to see some of those people. There aren't a lot of people left, maybe a handful of people, but it was fun to see them here this week. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, any surprise that Dalvin Cook ended up with the Jets? No, I think that was very expected. And I think Dalvin did very well on the contract to get a $7 million base salary. He was supposed to make $11 million here, and he ends up with $7 million, which I think was the ends up being the best free agent running back deal this year, even better than Miles Sanders got in Carolina, which was like six and a half a year. And Dalvin's on a one-year deal. Plus, he's got $1.6 million in incentives he can earn, so he can get to 8.6. And and you compare that with Ezekiel Elliott signs with the Patriots for a $4 million base salary and $2 million in, in incentives. Now, Dalvin had a better year than Ezekiel last year, uh, and, and Dalvin is a four-time pro bowler and still has plenty of juice left if he can stay healthy. So I think he ends up in a really good situation with uh, obviously a Hall of Fame quarterback, some great receivers there, and their offensive line's been struggling a little bit with the Jets. But I think the team is a is a, a contender in that AFC East, even with the Bills there and the Dolphins. And I don't think they're necessarily a Super Bowl team yet. But with Rodgers, who knows if he gets if he gets hot and comfortable there, and he certainly it, it seems to be a, a very happy mood these days compared to his his latter Green Bay years. And uh, if you can judge by what, what you what you see in the interviews with him. So 
I think Dalvin's in a good position, a good situation. He'll be sharing time with Brees Hall, who's an excellent young running back. And so I'm not sure that Dalvin's going to be able to get to that some of those incentives, such as 1,200 yards rushing or whatever, when he's got Hall there also. But I think he'll have plenty of touches and plenty of opportunities. And, and Hall still has to stay healthy, too. He's coming off, I think, an ACL. Let's get a final thought from Jeff. Once again, thanks to White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Thanks again to our producer, Brandon Morton. We do appreciate you listening to TalkNorth.com. Check out the website. Lots of hockey, lots of sports, lots of outdoor content, variety, music, anything you like. We have it for you. Jeff, give us a, give us a final week to ra- a final thought to wrap up Jeff Diamond Week. <laughs> well, I, I would say my final thought is how to the chagrin of, of fans who pay for preseason games, Yep. Uh, they they are kind of out of luck because these joint practices, such as happened with the Vikings and Titans the last two days, have really replaced preseason games for most NFL starters. And there are some situations, some teams that are still having quarterback competitions, such as the Vikings opening day opponent, Tampa Bay, with Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask, although it looks like Mayfield's going to be the guy. Um, and But in most situations... Washington, another one where where there's some competition between Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett. But Indianapolis, for example, has already named Anthony Richardson the starter. So those are about the only two starting quarterback jobs open. And most of these teams that are doing joint practices now, almost every team does it, then they don't play the starters in the preseason games. That's what uh, Kevin O'Connell did last year after the 49er joint practices. They didn't play any starters in that preseason game with San Francisco. And you can certainly expect the same thing in Saturday night's preseason game number two against Tennessee after these joint practices. I don't think you're going to see any starters there. But the fans who pay five bucks to get into TCO Performance Center today and yesterday and next week against the Cardinals when they join practice, they get to see all the starters play. <laughs> so yep. there, there's kind of an inequity there, shall we say. And I think it's eventually going to lead – to even maybe one less preseason game. And then the owners are going to try to, to push through an 18th regular season game, which I, I fully anticipate the players strongly resisting unless there's a lot more money that comes out of it through TV money, through gate receipts that increases the salary cap significantly. So the players really benefit from that 18th game, but the preseason games are getting worse and worse, even though from my perspective, Jim, I always felt that that's really about the only interesting part of preseason games because the, the vets don't want to play. Right. The interesting part are these backup players competing for playing time, such as Ty Chandler, and competing for roster spots, such as guys like Brandon Powell and Jalen Rager, so uh, or an Ivan Pace or some of these younger guys, Luigi Villain, uh, another interesting young pass rusher. So that, to me, I hate to quote Red, Red McCombs, <laughs> who as you remember back in the day he used to crow about the yep. drama of preseason yep <laughs> but he he kind of was right that that is about the only drama of preseason games and it's yeah. it's really unfortunate for the fans that are paying full price and for those who've listened to the whole show we will we will not be referencing red mccombs next week You'll, next week will be a red mccombs free zone <laughs> yes it will <laughs> Hey, good stuff, Jeff. Great time hanging out with you this week. We'll talk uh, after the Vikings' second preseason game next week. Sounds great. 